So uh, we're going to, uh, like I said, we're going to start with our our book, continue with that. Somehow I felt like I should have been doing something else. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. My little friend, what's your name? Is it Rosa? Come here a minute. I got, think the Lord has a word for you. Praise God. Praise God. You know, the Lord had me grab this shirt for you while, while I was standing over there uh, to pray over it. To anoint you for work that God has called you to do. And the Lord is saying he's called you to intercede. He said you have a heart of love for so many people, so many things. Uh, so many people are on your heart and you want them to do better. And the Lord says that's me speaking to you about people. He said that through your prayers I will cause them to do better. And better and better and better. In fact, they will exceed your expectations even for them. And the Lord is saying that that as as you pray, he said, I'm going to guide you in prayer. And as you pray, you are going to see miracles happen. You're going to see great things come to pass. All the things you've been wanting to see, the Lord says, will be yours. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. The Lord says, you my ride or die. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God is excellent in everything he does. You know, he, I I just think about all the times when I was a newer Christian. I'm so thankful for experiences God gave me. To be around people, uh, uh, spirit-filled people and people of power and people of faith. And so I just feel like God doesn't waste any time with us. When he uh, calls us to work with him, he wants to equip us speedily. He wants to teach us immediately. He wants us to start moving in the things that he has for us. Uh, because I think one of the, the issues sometimes with church people is it's either too slow or too fast you know for most of us and uh i've always felt that our job was to empower believers amen uh, not to have us sitting on a pew getting bored causing trouble and all of the things that happens when you're not obeying the great commission and so uh, any ministry starts with prayer it begins and ends with prayer in fact prayer is its own ministry and so prayer just helps you. Prayer prayer is what you do uh, um, that empowers you to just go out and speak what God has given you in the realm of prayer. If you don't pray and get it in your heart first, there won't be a manifestation of anything great in God to come out later. And so we're just very thankful that God has given us a foundation of prayer and helped us to understand what things are so important to him to get his work done in the earth. Amen. And he'll take care of us, won't he? I'm telling you, God has never uh, shortchanged me on anything. Uh, there are some things that I thought I was expecting from God that maybe didn't materialize, but God has more than made up for those slight disappointments. Amen. There's some things that we all will have to, uh, accept as being, well, it wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be, but boy, God sure made up on this side. Amen. 
It's the way life is. And so when we have issues, troubles, trials, whatever happens to us, we are always assured that God will bring us out of trouble victoriously and that he will more than make up for anything that the enemy stolen or tried to steal from us. So we have his assurance and he knows how to work with us. And so that's the greatest thing is that God loves us and he cares for us. So praise God. Amen. Let me see where we're at now. Um, I think we're on page 41. Yes? All right. So we're talking about the end time revival starting there. And we're always wanting more from God. And I think if we want the more that God wants, then we'll be more inclined to be able to receive those things that he has for us. And so God has great things in store for his people. And if we will allow God to do what he wants to do and uh, give us uh, the plan that he has and we learn how to fit into his plan, uh, it just everything will just go so well. And so uh, God already has the plan for what is going to be done in this earth. Even the things that we do that sometimes we think just happen or uh, maybe, um, uh, you know, say for instance, if it's something we don't plan, uh, we think it just happened. But God has foreordained that from the foundation of the earth. He's measured out and ordered all of our steps. He's directed all of our steps, all of the things that we think, you know, they kind of catch us by surprise. You know, you run into this stranger in the supermarket and you pray for them or, you know, the things that we do uh, that fulfill the Great Commission. Sometimes we think these are accidental things, but they are very much planned things. And so I think we need to think about ministry uh, the things that God is doing on the earth as planned events. And so it's just up to us to find our place and the role that he expects us to play in it. But the plan's already made, amen, and he knows how it's going to work out. He's going to work it out to our good, but it will also benefit his kingdom. Amen. It's going to be a great benefit to God's kingdom. And so when we think about what God is doing and we think about how he's doing things, then we can be assured that God is is on the throne. He's making all of these. He's already made these plans. Uh, Nothing that happens to us. Uh, takes him by accident he already knows it's going to happen and he's already planned a good outcome for it and so uh, end time revival is on the schedule it's going to come amen Uh, and, and we often see parts of it measures of it little bits little trickles here and there it'll trickle in it'll it'll come in this area come in that area uh and then it'll open up a flood tide as more people recognize what god's doing and they fall in line with what he wants to do then more people grab on to the spirit of god more people grab on to what he's doing and then more people are able to participate in everything that god wants them to do so on page 41 We start out with Joshua's call to ministry. Joshua was trained under Moses. And when I say trained, I mean trained. He stayed under Moses until Moses passed away. Amen. And so when we think about that, these discipleship relationships are pretty much long-term relationships. Uh, Many people don't see it that way. They 
they see themselves as, and I'm not saying God won't move you from one church to another, one place to another, but what I am saying is that these are long-term relationships because what God plans to do is uh, impart power to people and impart anointings to them. And those anointings come through discipleship. Amen? Discipleship is a close relationship. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, I was watching, um, everybody know Troy Marshall? Yeah, he was a part of Robert's Lairdon's ministry many years ago, and he's got his own ministry now. And so he has a, uh, a teaching ministry, really discipleship ministry, for people, not just ministers, but all levels of ministry. And he was talking about the unique role of discipleship in Christian training. And uh, he was saying that what they do is that they they take, uh, he says, it's not that we don't have courses, we do. He said, it's not that we don't have people, uh, we give certificates and all of that. He said, but what we want to do is cultivate a relationship of discipleship with people. Amen? So that there's no end to your learning, just like Jesus wants it to be. There's no end to our learning. There's no end to our understanding. There's no end to what God is revealing to us. Uh, amen. So there are people who are, are old in years but new in the things of God and they continue to grow. There are people who have been with God, walking with God for many years and they continue to grow. And so we're never not learners. We're, the right word disciple really just means student. Amen. And so we're never not students in God's kingdom. We are always students in his kingdom. And so God has has uh, um, determined that we will always have growth. There will always be places where we can grow. I remember what he said to Dr. Summerall when he, um, uh, uh, Dr. Summerall I think was 80 years old. And God told him to start that new ministry to feed the hungry. And uh, uh, Summerall kind of argued with him a little bit and Why'd you pick me, God? Get a younger man. God told him, he said, well, you're just old enough where I know I can trust you. Amen. And so it's about growing in the, um, I guess, the maturity of God to accept any assignment that he gives us. See, when you... When we're young in the Lord, we understand that we don't have much skill, et cetera, et cetera. So we have to do whatever, you know, it's mostly handy stuff. But then as we get older, the devil can deceive us into thinking that we're more capable than what we really are, you know. So if you keep that that childlike um, attitude about learning and and just being eager uh, to sit at the Lord's feet and and just grab whatever it is that He's willing to give you. Um, I think I think that's the the type of attitude we want to cultivate and uh, always be a learner. Always be always be hungry for something new in God and and it's just allow Him to be able to give you the things that uh, you need for life because we need more. There are strategies of the enemy that we're not privy to that only God knows. And and part of our spiritual equipment is receiving revelation, power, understanding of how to stand and fight these things and withstand these things. And so it's very, very important for us to be able to 
understand um, exactly what God's doing in the earth. You're never not a warrior. You're never not an intercessor. You're never not a watchman. You always carry that with you. Uh, don't be so quick to put something down and pick up something else, you know, the ne- next new shiny toy thing. Amen. Amen. So we're not in the shiny toy business in the kingdom. We're about the Father's business and uh, sitting at the feet of Jesus and being his hands, his eyes, his ears, his feet uh, down here in the earth. And so I think it's a wonderful thing to know that God always has something exciting for us to get involved in. I don't know about you, but I haven't had much real excitement in my life except in God. Amen. Life can get, it got real boring for me real quick, you know. And it, most people, if you're honest about it, you know, been there, done that, been there, done that, been there. But in God, you haven't been half the places that he wants you to go. You understand what I'm saying? We ain't seen nothing yet. Amen. We haven't seen where you can go into a hospital room and pray for people and everybody you pray for gets healed. Amen. We haven't seen that yet, but that's coming. I mean, it's possible if somebody will believe. You haven't you haven't been in in a, a situation where somebody's only child died and you were able to pray for God to raise that child from the dead. You see what I'm saying? So there is more. Amen. There is more. Amen. There's more. And so we just really have to believe God for the more. So these are miracles are always ready to be uh, to manifest in the earth because that's part of revival too because miracles have been a part of the church since the church began amen miracles are part of god's people's history since god reintroduced himself to people and called the the uh, israelites out as a people and so it, miracles are just a part of what god does you know to help people and so we we need to believe him for more I won't say big, but I'm, I'm going to say more because we want to see more healing. We want to see more people delivered, more salvation, more people's hearts get softened, more reconciliation. Amen. Minds mended, bodies mended, souls mended, restoration. We want to be a part of that. So, you know, in your thinking about what you can do, say, God, that person is me. If you need somebody to go pray for us, that's me. That's my job. Give me that job, God, and and allow God to use you. Uh, and, and learn how to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Just be led by unction and, and let God know you're available. Amen. One thing we're all available to do is give our testimony. Amen. I'm going to tell you, that's something that the devil's stolen from the church. You got me? We have pockets of places where people freely give their testimony. But, you know, you can go in some places and everybody's full-blown, matured, never sinned, never had trouble, never. You understand what I'm saying? Everybody's hiding from their testimony. And that's the one thing we have (laughs) that we can share that will win souls over is, is what did God do for me? Amen. What was I like? Before you know you stop people want to act like a prophet and give words to everybody, tell them what Jesus did for you. Amen. I'm serious because that testimony of work, you see people, and, and I just look at the examples we have sometime 
of people who live off their testimony. Joyce Meyer ministers to millions. Amen. Her books are full of nothing but her testimony. When I say nothing but, I don't mean in a, 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 a sense that it's not valuable. But all I'm saying is you don't have to be all high-powered and highfalutin and high this and high that to, to, uh, to affect a change in a person's life. All you have to do is be saved by God and know you're saved. Amen. And share that. Share what God is, you know, always have in your heart. God, what, what can I tell somebody about myself today? What you've done for me that's going to make a difference for them. That's going to change them, you know, cause them to take notice of you. Amen. Uh, We, we're nobody. Amen. We don't want people taking notice of us. When they talked about the apostles, they said when they saw, they saw that they had been with Jesus. They didn't say they saw they were big deals. They could tell they'd been with Jesus. Amen. So that's what we want our testimony. They can tell you've been with God. You know, you can, we can tell that by the change. There's something about every believer that God will have stand out to different people. And it may not be the same thing he shows to everybody. Somebody will see this about you. Somebody will see that about you. Somebody will see that about you. But they're going to know you've been with Jesus. Amen. If you've been with him. Amen. So that's, that's the, 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 uh, the, the part of it that we have to keep always in mind. Spending time with the Lord. Spending time in prayer. Spending time in the secret place. Spending time telling God, God, decrease me so that you can increase in my life. Amen. We can't both be big at the same time. So let me decrease so that you can increase. Amen. And God will give you more to do. He'll help you more. You know, many times I would say to myself, God, we used to do this and used to do that. You know, remember God when we did so and so and such and such and we had a wonderful time. We kicked the devil and tore everything up and down. And the Lord had me think about it one day. He said, suppose I had you do that every day. Huh? Your head would be that big. Think about it. Think about it. Amen. Think about it. Because this work cannot get in your flesh. It's got to be all spiritual. Amen. I remember when, when, when I was just new in Detroit and God would open doors for me to put, speak to people in politics and, and, you know, places like that. And he gave me favor with those people. I can't do that every day. That door's not open to me every day. And I thank God for it. Amen. I thank God for it because he knows what he's doing. He must know what he's doing. Amen. He keeps you out of trouble. It's like this. He says, Barb, I want you to stay saved more than I want you to be a big deal around here. Amen. Amen. So he gives you enough to do so that you know that he's real. He doesn't give you so much to do that you think he you think is you doing it. Amen. So he knows how to balance things out for us if we will just listen to him and obey him. So on page 41, Joshua, God told Joshua this. He says, every place that your sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Amen. Every place that you step your foot on. Now, people say things like, well, and I think sometimes that's why God 
has us move sometimes you know i know i know that's why he does it you know people don't think that but you know and every time we have to move i'm i don't want to you know i said oh man here we go again you know what's what's wrong with us you know whatever whatever but but he wants us to possess for him now we could be compelled to do it the henry groover way so just be thankful he only has us move amen move a meeting instead of wearing out 15 pairs of combat boots you know in a month uh, walking streets everywhere i mean not that that's that's bad for us and he wouldn't grace us i know if he called me to do it i'd do it amen but but he's called him to do that that's what he called him to do he's called us to do what we do and it's very important to stay with your assignment amen you know don't be so quick to drop what you're doing and go pick up another the new shiny thing huh because many people like to play with the things of god like new shiny toys but we've got to learn how to to get planted where god you gotta know what you are you know what what kind of species of being are we and you got to know where you fit you got to know what your call is when 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 god calls your name how do you respond amen spirit soul mind and body what parts of you respond and and who are you as far as spiritual things are concerned your real identity and i think once we understand who we are and we get comfortable with that and we accept that and we embrace it we're not going to answer to any other name and we're not going to want the new shiny thing you know down the street we're not going to want to be self-exalting now, I mess with y'all about I want to boom and all that blow me up like ever. How come y'all don't introduce me like they do in them highfalutin? I'll go get me a big hat. Might have me one in my closet somewhere, you know. And come on the big Pentecostal stage, you know. Huh? But that's not who I am. Amen? That's not who I am. Y'all laugh me out of town, whatever, whatever. But, uh, you know, we gotta, we gotta resist the new shiny thing. Gotta resist that urge in the flesh to want to be somebody and, you know, tell the whole world, I'm wonderful. Amen. <laughs> you can be wonderful in God and in your prayer closet all day long. You can do wonders. I mean, seriously, you can, you can tear the city up for Christ. But we have to understand how to stay in that place where God has placed us and and then when it's time for the great reveal let that be up to him amen if it ever comes some of us will have a great reveal when we get to heaven and 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 little little stuff down here amen the the big people down here are seldom the big ones up there you know is what I'm told I, I am told that through accounts of people who have been to heaven and visited and understand how God rewards. Amen. And so many, many times, uh, all, all of the bravo you get down here, you won't get there. Amen. 
So I'm telling the Lord, save my bravo, because eternity is a long time compared to what's down here. Amen? Amen. So it's just good to keep in that mindset. God, just keep me saved. Keep me obeying you. Keep me with enough energy and enough love to do your will. Keep me in a place where I'm effective to do your will. Amen? And that's a good prayer. Amen. So he says, every place the soles of your feet tread upon, I've given it to you, as I said to Moses. Now that's a lot of power for people to possess. So you have to be careful how you use it. Amen? Like I'm not going to come over your house and start going up all them steps and say, hmm. But there are people who think like that, you know, when they see scriptures like this. And will go and possess everything all of a sudden. You understand what I'm saying? First of all, whatever you do, you must do by unction. Amen? And there must be fruit. The fruit of God must follow it. So that you know that that was God that told you to do that. Amen? Other than that, you just did it. Amen? I remember when I told, shared this testimony, the, the, we were in a uh, church that was renting a building from another church. And we noticed that, that the, the church that we were a part of would have our services uh, later in the day. They had an early service. We had a late one. and But I would notice that there would be um, uh, a chill that would fall upon it at the altar call time. There would be a chill that would fall down the aisle where people would, the main aisle in the church. And the Lord showed me a picture of demons bowling. And they would just back up and throw the ball right down that middle aisle. And there was a chill that came and it would stop the faith of the people that were trying to get saved. And this went on for several Sundays. And so I asked the Lord, I said, well, Lord, what is that? Do you, what do you want us to do about it? And so he explained to me what to do and, and I went around this church like this every night once, every night for six nights, then the last night for seven times. And he said, and I want you next week to go in and pray in that sanctuary. And I remember the day he told us to pray, Pastor Shirley went with me and another friend of ours uh, went and, and we were going to go in to pray and there were some ladies that were uh, at the door of the church and they were from the congregation that owned the building. And so they asked us, well, what do you want? And I said, well, we just came to pray. And they said, okay. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? He opens doors no man can close. You got me? When there's an open door. Huh? And so we could sense that there was a demon power there, but we didn't know what it was, where it was, what to do about it, how to get after it. How many of you know God is not going to sit down with you ahead of time in your little prayer closet or wherever you hang out at and tell you, now this is the name of that devil and this is what I want you to do here and this is what you go by faith. And what faith means many times is you show up. You don't take nothing with you. No paraphernalia, nothing other than what he might give you to take. Put away your little magic cloth and your lucky oil and your, you know, your green oil and your red oil and your pink oil and, huh? And your, uh, your matador cape. 
Casey comes charging down. I spare the bull, you know, whatever. Kill the bull, whatever. And so, you know, it's not a production. It's work. And so when you go to work, you have to get instructions from the boss as to what to do. And so we prayed all over that church, and we could hear it move. Every time it walked across the ceiling, every time we moved, it was like we go three steps and we hear crack, 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 crack on the ceiling. And we go crack. <laughs> uh-huh. And we got up to the altar and I noticed that there was a big Bible there with a candle and all this stuff and it was open. I didn't even know it was open to, but I just started rustling the pages and it said, and it left the building. How? Now, you couldn't have thought that up on your own in a million years because I didn't. We were just going around doing stuff, touching stuff, seeing if something worked, seeing when we got a release in our spirit, seeing when we knew it was gone. But that thing left and it never came back. Now, do you have authority in somebody else's church? You sure do. You have kingdom authority. And I'm talking about authority over evil that God tells you to attack. I'm not talking about authority to go up to the church members, lay hands on them, cause them to lay out and prophesy to people. You have authority over all the works of darkness. Then people are not works of darkness. We don't have authority over each other. We have authority over demons, folks. We, we have authority to love one another and bless one another. And don't take people for granted. Don't look at them as some kind of plaything or somebody you can manipulate or impress. So just, you know, mind your manners, huh? You know, I didn't like having to go up there every night. You know, I'm t- <laughs> I said, come on, God. <laughs> Can I skip one night? No. Barb, do what I tell you to do. Well, I didn't want to skip a night. I was just, you know, I just thought to myself, just, just be obedient and don't forget. You know, and every night God reminded me of what I was supposed to do. You know, if he told me to fast, I fasted. You got me? You you do what you you do what you're instructed to do. You don't just grab that as a tool that you're gonna use so that you can be religious. There's a religious spirit already that beat you. He got he was good at his game. Because if you can stop an altar call and stop people from getting saved, you're pretty good at what you do. So you can't go in there with some cookbook toy thing that you read about in somebody else's book you got to get revelation from god for yourself and so those were our early experiences in using spiritual authority you got me so so using every i'm telling you everybody the minute you're born again has authority in god amen but you got to use it in your own life first huh get yourself together Huh? 
The Bible says that you can avenge disobedience once your obedience is fulfilled. Amen. You can't go in there with demons talking to you and think you're going to cast them out of something. Huh? Seriously. You gotta, you gotta do these things when God opens the door for you to do them. Amen. And, and I'm thankful that God taught me that, but He also gave me a, an assignment to teach other believers that. You understand what I'm saying? And so, I don't believe in this free for all kind of Christianity. Let's go do this. Let's go do it. No. I'd rather go on assignment and be effective than to burn myself out doing a lot of things that don't work. So so the fruit of that was the next Sunday, there were about 21 people got saved. Just fill the aisles, amen. And there were usually, you know, at least a handful of people that would come up, but, but there was a flood of people that came up, amen. Now, if the if the religious church that owned the building, if they miss their demons, I don't know. And I don't care. Amen. But they were gone. See, I don't care whose building it is. If they're hindering the work of God, I'm going to ask God if I should do something about it. If so, what do I do? Amen. You don't hinder the work of the kingdom of God when kingdom people are, are involved. So. Praise God. So every place that your soul or your feet will tread, I have given it to you. Already given it to you. That's how you conquer. you got to know it's already given it, given to you. Amen. It says from the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites. Now, the nation of Israel is nowhere near this size now. Amen. That land has been fought over and is still being fought over like you wouldn't believe. Now, can you hear God saying the same thing to you, warrior? Amen. Every place that the soles of your feet tread, you will possess the land. You know, there are, I was speaking to Miss Juana about this. There are um, laws, in effect, most, most countries have similar laws regarding land possession. If you, say for instance, if, if there's a, an empty house somewhere and you decide you're just going to move into it, if nobody tells you to move after 20 years, you can claim possession over it. They, you gotta, they gotta give you a deed. They gotta give you, you gotta pay back taxes or whatever, but it's called adverse possession. You can go in and possess something and it's legal in most countries. The number of years varies. But that's very common for possession of property. Amen. That's why people you don't want there, trespassers, you run them off. Amen. Remember people get to gun out and and, and protect their property. Amen. That's why. Because it, without a deed, if you don't go and, and, and dispossess them, they can legally possess it right out from under you. Which is true. The reason Israel would, would, God told them not to, to glean, not to pick up, if say for instance you harvested grain, if some of the drops dropped on the ground, you weren't to harvest that, you were to leave that for what they call gleaners. However, you were not to let the gleaner walk the length of your property. 
because he could lay claim to it because that's how property is transferred by stepping on it and walking the length of it. Remember when Ruth went to glean in Boaz's, he, the, they told her at first she just stayed around in this little area and then Boaz told her, you can walk it now. So what was she doing? She was reclaiming what belonged to her legally because she was the widow, amen, that, that possessed part of that land. And so that opened the door up for her to possess what belonged to her rightfully. Amen. Her marriage to Boaz just made it legal. Got me? Uh, Huh? Yeah. She already was an heiress. She wasn't no broke sister running around looking for some man to take care of her. Once she started walking around on that property, I know she got happy then. It was hers all along. He says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. We interpret that to mean no spiritual force will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Amen. So... He says the same thing to all of his servants. Amen. He is with you. If you will listen to him and obey him, he's with you. Amen. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you, but he is also with you in battle if you will stay with his word. So he says he's made several promises to warriors. Joshua 1, 5 through 9. Number one is you are invincible. That's what no man shall be able to stand before you or no force will be able to stand before you just like I was with Moses. Gee, how was he with Moses? Well, Moses caused ten plagues to fall upon Egypt. Amen. For starters, Moses was able to part the Red Sea with the lift of his rod. Amen. So the same miracles that God did through Moses, he told Joshua, I'm going to do those through you. He says, and I will never leave or forsake you. Amen. So God is always with us. We can always turn to him. When you don't know what to do, you can always ask him. When you do know what to do, please ask him. Amen. And confirm that he wants you to do it. Amen. It says, be strong and of good courage. He also promises you strength. Amen. Amen. It says, for to this people you shall divide an inheritance, the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Now, why does he keep stressing courage and strength? Because the enemy is going to try to make you fearful. Your biggest enemy will always be fear. Amen. That's your biggest enemy. Fear works in so many different ways. Sometimes fear is very subtle. Sometimes it's very overt. Sometimes you just get nervous at the thought of certain things. But that does not mean that God will not be with you to overcome that fear. Amen. He will always be with you. Amen. Never leave you. Never forsake you. You, you, you're an overcomer already just by virtue of the fact that God says you are. See, you rely on his word. 
Not so much the Lord is with you and he going to fight for you and help you, but what does God's word say? His word that is in you, that you rely on, that you lean upon, and that guides you. That's what makes you strong and of good courage. Amen? He says, don't turn to the left or to the right. That's always the enemy distracting you. That's what that means. Don't get distracted. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Make your face like a flint. Amen. Uh, it, your, your nose is like an arrow pointing you in the right direction. And anybody who gets in the way of the flint will get hurt. Amen. So, you know, this is, I mean, that's just the way it is. You, you, you know, you're not out to hurt people. Don't get me wrong. You know, don't get that in your flesh. Amen. Uh, but, but you have to be determined to get where God wants you to go. I mean, and, and I mean with everything. I'm not talking about certain things you're determined in and certain things you kind of, eh. you don't ever get like that. You're determined about everything. Amen. So that you can accomplish what the Lord sets you out to accomplish. And then the other ones is, so he says, you're invincible, but be strong. That's your, 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 uh, um, uh, part of it is to exhibit strength and courage. And you get that from the word. And so he says, how do you do that? By the book of the law. It will not depart from your mouth. Meditate day and night so that you can know what to do, observe and do all that's written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous. There's no prosperity without the word being in your mouth. And without meditating on the word. How would you know what to do and which way to go to prosper? You got me? And so that word has to be in you, strong and rich, guiding you and directing you. Amen? He says, this is the third time God said to be strong. Amen? Your strength comes through your meditation. You meditate on the word, you can kick anything out of any any situation that doesn't belong there. Amen? If you are vacillating, you'll always be wondering, should I do this or should I do that? Should I have done this or should I have done that? And so the, the people of strength have, and God knows when you got enough word in you to pull a trigger on it. Amen? And that's the unction of God. Amen? He knows when you're strong enough in it so that you won't be uh, afraid when the backlash comes. Because it always comes. That's why God tells you to, to fear not and be strong. Because you think the devil's just going to let you come and <laughs> and do all kind of stuff? Huh? He'll retaliate against you. he try to put you down and not let you get picked back up. Yep. And in, in, in a way, you can look at it and, and say, you know what? In a way, it, persecution was good for me. Because it kept me close to God. I didn't get out of, you know, think I was all that. Because I was too busy fighting devils and too busy trying to start to stay sane. Huh? Pastor after that, the pastor disliked me. All his little deacons and demons and everybody else. I was the hated person in the church. You'd think they'd be grateful. I get devils out of there. But I think most of them was their friends. Just a thought. See, now if you're going to crumble and cry because people don't like you, this is not the... You understand what I'm saying? 
When he says be strong and of good courage, that means that you're strong not to want to try and impress everybody and befriend everybody. You got me? Let God bring friends to you. You don't have to be friends. You don't have to look for nobody to. I just want a friend to go to lunch. I don't even know what lunchtime is sometimes. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? You have to get to where your life totally belongs to God. It doesn't revolve around your social, you know. Now, I'll go to lunch if y'all buy. You understand? I ain't going to turn nothing. No, but you know what I'm saying. It's just, you have to be over certain things. You have to be over the praise of men. You have to be over the whatever, loneliness and want company and all that kind of stuff, you know. Father, Son, Holy Spirit will keep you company. Amen try that sometimes it works yeah it definitely works praise god so he says be strong and of good courage you know there's good courage and there's bad courage bad courage works until you come up against a real big demon good courage works all the time amen so so he says you have to believe that god is going to be with us wherever we go the same situation that Joshua was in is the current situation we're in now. God is leading us into greater advances of the kingdom. Amen? So God goes before us and he follows us. He's our rear guard. So you don't have to worry about uh, somebody stalking you or uh, you know, be afraid of anybody or anything like that because he has angels to hold us up. Amen. But you got to develop your faith for that, you know, because people get scared over anything. You know, the devil come up to you and tell you, uh, you know, uh, uh, you better not do that because you're going to get some such and such and such. You think about it for three days and worry about it. You understand what I'm saying? And so God wants us to understand how to stay in the word, how to grab that word. The minute that the threat comes, you grab the word, amen, and be quick to grab that word. Don't let go. And that's how we stay strong and and are of good courage, amen. So uh, God is on the move, amen. Another example was a great impartation that came from Elijah to Elisha. Two prophets now. Moses was a prophet, so was Joshua. But after after Samuel uh, started his ministry, the, the teaching of prophets got to be more formalized. But it was the same one-on-one relationship. Generally, people who go forward in God don't have a whole lot of people who want to receive what they have. Amen. And so there are times where God will single people out and and they begin to follow that individual or connect with them, spiritually speaking. And so God will have a time of impartation uh, for those individuals. Now, there are some impartations that are for everybody who sits under a specific individual. And then there are some that are specific to that person for their call. You understand what I'm saying? And so that's the way it was Elijah. with When Elisha was called, he was called with the knowledge that he would take Elijah's place. And so many times it's never that evident 
to the person who has to do the, to the leader, the senior person. It's not always that evident who would be that person if that's the way God's going to do it. Amen. And so the work God gave Elijah needed to be completed. And so he raised up Elisha. He's always raising up new people to complete the work. Amen. Sometimes people will come from, from, I'm always interested when people take, come from a long distance to a meeting. You got me? Because there's probably something in this ministry that they need to complete what it is that God's doing in them. Amen. So that's why I'm always alert to try and make it easy for those people to get to the meeting, make it easy for them to come and receive, make it easy for them. Now, listen, everybody that I do that for doesn't always respond. You got me? But that's not my business, is it? My business is to obey God. Huh? He checks the fruit. I don't check it. You got me? And so, amen. Amen. That ain't my business. My business is to obey God in making it, preparing the way for that impartation to happen for them. See what I'm saying? And and once you do that, you've done the will of God. You know, I don't check back and see, well, they ain't doing nothing with their ministry. None of those thoughts come to me. But I don't live out of that. You got me? I don't magnify it. I try to contain it and repent of it and not let that spoil it for me for the next person that God wants that thing to be afforded to. You got me? So so there are many, many things that, that we must do in order to make sure that God's work gets done down here on the earth. Amen? And, and impartation is a big part of it. Uh, Moses, Joshua got his little bit by little bit from Moses. There are some people that may need to get a big dose at one time or a small dose at one time, however God decides to do it. But we have to understand that we are people of impartation and people who receive. So we're receiving and giving out all the time. Amen. Sometimes we're doing more giving out than receiving. And sometimes it's the reverse. And so we have to always be mindful that God is doing something in the earth. He's releasing knowledge, understanding, revelation, and power to all of his people all of the time. Amen. So it's up to us to receive it. So in, in not everything that's preached is for you. You got me? Uh, in, in, it, it, sometimes it's hard for you to get people to understand that. But I think if you get what's taught here in this ministry, you pretty much don't have time for much else. You got me? You got to perfect what's given here. Because sheep are notorious for taking for granted that which comes to them regularly, then running after something else that doesn't even pertain to them. You understand what I'm saying? Because whatever it is that you're, why would God bring you here week after week after week, twice a week, and then leave you hungry when you leave here? 
So, so I try to tell people that so that they'll understand that there's so many things that you need to grab onto on a continual basis here. And, and if God wants to supplement that, you know, I remember when, when he told us to start our own ministry and I wanted to sit in a pew for the rest of my life. I said, how come I can't stay here, God? He said, number one, them people hate you and you know it. I said, okay, God. Okay, God. I'm just asking, huh? I'm asking for a friend, you know, as they say. So, but it was time, you know. Anytime there's a change, sometimes people are reluctant to let go because you've gotten comfortable. Amen. It's, it's worked into, you got a little routine worked around it. And so God is there to break up our routine and move us into what he wants us to do. Amen. So Elijah and Elisha. So Elisha was able to uh, fulfill what it was in his heart that he wanted. And I think God put it there that he wanted to have a double portion of the spirit that was on Elijah. Amen. Because he looked at the world around him and he knew he would need more. If you don't think you need more. Amen. Huh? Now, when he asked the prophet for it, he told him, he said, you've asked a hard thing. Mm-hmm. It's true that not students rarely come up to the level of their teacher. Well, I didn't say that about just for me, but I'm just telling you. Amen. Uh, think about it. Think of all the teachers you've had. Do you know more than they do? Have you accomplished more than they have? Very few people do. Amen. And so when you think about it, it is something to attain to. Amen? Uh, You know, Lord, let me get the double. Let me get the same. Let me get whatever it is that you feel that you're going to need to do the work God has called you to do. This is not a trophy life. But this is a life where you want equipment to do certain things that are going to need to be done. You're going to need to learn how to get strategies from God to clear devils out of places where God wants them cleared out of. Amen. For his glory. You're going to have to learn how to respond to that. And you can't go out and do it every day just for fun to say you've been kicking devils around. You understand what I'm saying? Well, you have to you have to really respect the power of God and respect the anointing. It doesn't belong to you. Amen. It belongs to him. And so, you know, it, it it might take me six months to, to hear from God and make a decision how to move on certain things. You got me? It's not just a snap. I'm going to go do this because I got God's power. Or I'm powerful. Or, you know. Yeah. You know, the enemy will try to set you up for that kind of nonsense. So the Lord wants all his enemies to be made his footstool. So that's our goal. Kill every devil you see. Make them leave people alone. Make them get about your city. Make them go, you know, get, I, I don't know where you're going to go, devil, but you're getting up out of here. You got me? And And allow God to take back what belongs to him. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And the devil is a thief and he's a squatter and he's sitting on a lot of what belongs to God. And God wants it back for his people, amen, and for his glory, amen. It's not just for us. 
It's for wherever else God tells us. Amen. I know many of us, if, if we could have kept, uh, held on to some of the stuff that we thought God was giving us, we'd have a whole lot more. You got me? Than what we have sometimes right now. But it wasn't for you. You're blessed to be a blessing. Amen. You're, you get increased so that it can be distributed. Amen. It's not just for you to grow rich and be happy or whatever the books tell you to do. It's, it's for distribution in the earth. Amen. Amen. So we have to make sure that we're being faithful. See, I'd rather give everything that I possess away while I'm over on this side. Because when I get to heaven, I won't need to sow seed and all that kind of stuff. I'm led in what I do. I'm careful about it. I'm not like some person who squanders. I'm led in what I do. But I'd rather distribute on this side because then it'll count for the what God's mandate on my life. You understand what I'm saying? You can't take anything with you. Amen. So what's the point of it? See? Many times we're un, unhappy because of what we lack. And and don't know that we're rich already. You see what I'm saying? We just don't know how to quite manage it so that it'll manifest the way. But it's a management issue. It's not a lack issue. Huh? Many of the things we think take money really take faith. So if we convert that and start using our time developing our faith for these things, huh? instead of wishing we had more money, you know, when I get so-and-so, I'm going to do such and such. No, you better be faithful with what you got right now. Because you'll never get so-and-so if you're not faithful with such and such right now. See? And when you get that, God's going to tell you to do something else with it. Because there's going to be somebody in need around us all the time that God wants you to bless because you're his child. Amen? That's why. Because you belong to him. And so God, you know, it's, it's important that we understand who we are, what our, what our position is and, and how we're supposed to function down here in the earth. How to be a blessing. Amen. How do, how, God, how do you want me to be a blessing? Amen. There's so many people that could use it. You know, there are people that most of the money in the body of Christ never hits their ministries. And it is a shame. Because there's a lot of money floating around God's people and it never gets where it's supposed to go. Now, I believe that firmly. But God will put it in the hands of what he calls faithful people. Just want to be a faithful people, amen? Just want yourself to be a faithful person so that God God can put his finger on you and say, now listen, here's a ministry that few people are going to give to and I want you to give to them because they'll never see the big bucks that are thrown around other places, amen? But you can bless this person because I called them and their work is important to me, amen? And, and, and be an answer to prayer to somebody, amen? So he says here, God gave us spiritual knowledge that goes with us into eternity. Spiritual knowledge 
uh, or carnal knowledge or natural knowledge goes nowhere. Amen. It's doomed before it gets started. So in, instead of uh, meditating on the things we want all the time, meditate on what you have. Amen. Meditate on what you have. Pray about the things that you have. God, cause me to be thankful. For Cause me to find more things, Lord, to be thankful for. Cause me to be a blessing. Meditate on what you do have. Amen. And look for God to increase it. Because what you have already is already a product of your faithfulness. So you might as well work on that area instead of trying to get into something that may not avail you, that will frustrate you and entangle you. And, and not be for you right now. Amen? Just won't be for you right now. You know, money presents a snare to people. It really does. Uh, there are so many people after it all the time. Uh, There's so many things that can come uh, that that you have to be strengthened in your inner man to be able to overcome those. And so I'm convinced that wealth is something that God gives to us as we're able, amen, to withstand all the warfare and persecution that comes with it, amen. And people want to take it from you if they can. They want to uh, steal it from you if they can. And so, you know, like it's like the minute an inheritance falls into your hands, there's a thief trying to take it away from you. You know, I mean, it's seriously, it happened to me. It seemed like the minute my husband died, everybody wanted to sue me all of a sudden. I was like, people coming out of nowhere to take my money. Hey, <laughs> and you got you to gotta fight for it. But see, I knew God would help me with that. It took a while, but I would, amen, it took a while, but I was able to come out of it intact with my peace, nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen. And the people that were trying to take it quit. Amen. Uh, you know, a, a building that I was a part owner in, all the other owners wanted to, uh, this couple of, this one person wanted to take everybody's shares from them. And so, uh, I, uh, the lawyer they had hired, I spoke to him and, and, uh, he said, well, this is how it goes. Um, you can either do this, 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 or this. But I, I know Judge so-and-so, and when we go in there before him, uh, then he's going to rule in our favor, and you might as well just sign things over now. I said, well, I'll see you in court. You understand what I'm saying? Because I got a lawyer. You don't know any. I don't care what judge you stand in front of. You understand what I'm saying? I got a lawyer that's better than anybody. Huh? So, you know, a little arrogant man, and I I would tell the Lord, I said, well, Lord, I don't know why I'm down here with this man, but let's get this over with. It took maybe like 18 months. But by the time the case was finished, the lawyer that told me how it was going to go quit coming. He made his assistant come. When the when he first started the lawsuit, I said, I said, God, that man had nice a nice head of hair when we first started. What that hair was sticking up everywhere and wouldn't lay down and oh my goodness. I said, Well you better cave in or something because it ain't looking good for you right now, brother. You understand what I'm saying? You can't fight God. 
All I'm doing is standing. I'm doing what God tells me to do. He said, go there and stand. So I went and I stood. Huh? The same thing happened with a building we rented in, in Detroit. We were trying to renovate this building and doing the best we could with it. And, and then the landlord, we had to terminate the lease because the city wouldn't let us move in there as a church. And we had talked to him about it and everything. And he was going to stick us with some some repairs in the yard and all that. And I said, well, God, you know what? I know it's time. I just know it's time. And so we moved out. So he decided he was going to take me to court. And so when when I first met him, I looked at him. I said, gee, I said, I think we're about the same age. I said, he's a very well-preserved gentleman. You know, he looked wealthy. He was healthy looking, looked like, you know, maybe taking care of himself and all that. When the last time I saw him in court, he was on a cane. Very, very gray. And I said, are you okay? He said, I'm all right. And I told him, I said, I said, I never would have thought you and I would have ended up like this. You know, I said, um, you know, I'm just very sorry all this happened. I said, but I don't know who talked you into trying to sue us. I said, we have no property. We have nothing you can collect from. I said, I don't even know why this happened. I said, but, but I've been praying for you. You know, I really have always pray for we always pray for our, you know, people that we do business with. But um, I want to tell you, you shouldn't have messed around with this because this ain't my money. You you trying to take God's money. I'm going to tell you right now, you can't take nothing from him. So you just go and you stand. Amen. You just but people need to quit doing crazy stuff like that. You know, they look at you and they think some, you know, half-baked lady, maybe she's got some property at her house. And really, they sued me personally first. And the the lawyer I did get and convinced them they couldn't get any of my personal assets. I don't know how he did that, but praise God. God told him. So they dropped the part that would have gone after my personal money. Amen? Because I got a hedge around. I got a hedge of thorns. Whoever breaks the hedge will be bitten by a snake. Amen. You can't just be some weak chick running around here. And see, I don't run around telling people what I got. I learned how not to do that years ago. I was about broke and didn't tell people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, you just hear. I just fell out of the sky some kind of way, but you know what I'm saying. You don't, you don't advertise to the devil and you don't try to put on the dog. You know, I mean, uh, if I'm broke now, I'll put, bring out my nice looking stuff to feel better. You know what I'm saying? But, and we don't go beyond that, but you know what I'm saying. You just can't, can't get, be bragging about stuff that, you know, ain't yours. No way. Amen. And I know so well when y'all put me over in the box, uh, don't let them put me in there without doing my nails. And don't put no jewelry on me, no earrings, no nothing. Amen. <laughs> and I ain't letting y'all know when I'm going either. So, okay, nobody just hang around. I want a double portion of them earrings. You go, you ain't getting these earrings. 
Praise God. So you have to be self-governing also when you're doing it. You can't be boastful, arrogant, anything like that about what God does. Amen. But you will see the word of God manifest on your enemies the way they say, the word says it's going to do. You'll put, you'll find your enemies are confused, confounded, scratching their head, wondering what happened to them. Huh? Then it don't have to be that way. All they got to do is leave you alone. So part of self-government is getting rid of natural understanding. Only desire spiritual understanding. Make that a priority. Desire what God wants you to learn and put everything else aside. Because it won't profit you. There may be seasons in your life where you devour the word of God. All you want to do is is stay in the word, eat the word, feed on the word. You just can't get enough of the word. And so, and then there may be seasons where it's not as intense for you. You know, let God have his way. But always stay in the word. If If you're not reading, reading the word, meditate on the word. Amen. It's in you to call for the Holy Spirit to call it up to help your mind at certain times. So desire what God has and learn to put other stuff aside because it won't profit you. The other thing that you have to understand is a function of the fivefold ministry gifts. It's not just pastors only anymore. Amen. You have to understand where you're called and who to, to submit to. Ephesians 4, 11 to 13 tells us that the uh, five are the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. In other words, you don't get no anointing, you don't get nothing until you submit to somebody who's called to one of those five offices. Amen? That power flows through certain levels. Just like power in a government flows. There's a structure that it flows through. God's government flows the same. The Bible says the government shall be on his shoulders and I include the fivefold as the shoulders of God. Amen. And then we're the body. The rest, it flows down to the rest of the body. Jesus is the head, the fivefold are the shoulders, and then it flows down to the rest of the body. Amen. If you the toenail, you get the same. Amen. I don't care what part of the body you are. Amen. You, you get the same anointing. If you, if you allow yourself to be trained and fed and taught the right way, you'll get what God has for you. Amen. Because God wants us to grow up into the fullness of His stature. And this is how we mature through discipleship. Amen. And you have to govern yourself to stay where God called you to be and operate in love. Amen. You can't just come to church and sit there and go. Huh? Talk to nobody. You know, you do that for a minute, but you better loosen up and, you know, let yourself receive from God. Amen. You're not there for you. You're there to receive from God and and be who God called you to be. Amen. There are, of the five-fold ministry gift offices, there are three that are most offensive to people's intellect. They are the apostle, prophet, and the teacher. They live by a mandate, and this is why people do not get them. 
It's especially true of the apostle and prophet. Now, the teacher might slap you with something, but you might get it two months later. You understand what I'm saying? And so so the apostle and prophet really are teaching gifts, but they're also leadership gifts. And, and when I say leader, that means you're going somewhere. I don't care if it's just on a bus and go to the next city, you're going somewhere. Well, somebody will get it soon. I don't care what you Huh? But you're going somewhere. Leaders take you somewhere. Amen? Pastors allow you to sit and receive. But leaders are taking you somewhere. And you have to learn how to keep up. Huh? You do. If y'all don't learn nothing else, y'all learn how to keep up. Amen? Or you get left behind. We love you and all that, but you will get left behind. Amen? Because <laughs> we going somewhere. Huh? But apostles and prophets have a different level of anointing. They speak by unction of the Spirit. So they don't, they're not as free with their words. Let me put it to you that way. And they're not as concerned about how you feel about their words. Because their words are coming by unction. So if I'm going to survive and please God, I have to work with what he gives me. Amen. And you have to decide whether you want that in your life or not. I mean, seriously. That's that's how this works. And if and if you feel that you're called and you want it in your life, then you got to ask God how to work with it. How to receive without being offended by everything. Amen. And know it's not about you. Not your flesh anyway. We're trying to get past that veil and get to your spirit, man. The real you. So we can feed your spirit. Huh? Prophets won't let you abuse yourself. You know what I mean by that? Letting the gift that God put in you go to waste. Because you too want to cry about everything, want to get upset about everything. Why didn't you tell me? I don't have to tell you. God didn't tell me to tell you. You mean God didn't? No, he didn't, darling. Huh? Do you want to know the truth? See, truth ain't for everybody, Chuck. People, some people like fairy tales. Huh? But if we're going somewhere in God, we got to quit playing with each other and abusing each other. Amen? That's why I don't let you lay hands on each other. I don't let you prophesy to each other. I don't, yes. I don't want what you... Huh? It's enough people out there who need you and what you have if you got anything. You understand what I'm saying? We don't have to play little parlor games. Huh? Turn to somebody and prophesy to them. No, you don't. Not in here, you ain't. (laughs) That's somebody else's meeting. Not this one. Huh? There are too many people come in sick and need to be healed. Too many people on their last leg. And see, all I need to hear is one person tell me 
oh, I got this flyer and God told me to come here because I've had this sickness in my body for two years and I haven't been in. See, that's what stops all the games with me. See? One person that I know God sends there and it's life or death for them, I don't let you play in the meeting. Got me? We don't play. Amen? Go down the street, go across the hall, wherever you need to go, but you don't play. So the apostle and the prophet work, move and speak by unction. Everything they do is under the authority of God. And it's offensive to people's pride and not appreciated so often. But guess who don't care? (laughs) I passed on the appreciation trophy many years ago. God killed that want to be recognized in me many, many years ago. Amen. Want people to say thank you, want to be appreciated. And so there are many in the church that are offended by these offices. However, isn't it funny how people want to call themselves by these offices? Amen. See, what offends you, you will never attain to. What you embrace, you love. What you love, you'll possess. But what offends you, you will never attain to. Amen? Just true. <laughs> so for everyone to whom much is given, Luke twelve four forty eight, from him much will be required. To whom much has been committed of him, they will ask more. Luke 12, this one is uh, the message translation. Great gifts mean great responsibility. Greater gifts, greater responsibilities. You can never get away from the responsibility that your gift requires for you. Amen. In the earth. Ambitious and prideful people want want what the gift can do for them. What they imagine it can do for them. They want to live off that gift, but don't want to submit and learn from people of power. In fact, you know, it's it's like Bible tradition that people run from prophets. When they would come into a town, they didn't know if they were going to curse them or bless them, so they ran. You understand what I'm saying? So prophets have to get used to not having a bunch of people around them. You got me? It's just part of it. And people say, well, I can't see how you stay by yourself. And don't you want company? I got company. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and Coco. Amen. <laughs> That's a lot of people to me. That's a lot of company. Huh? Nobody who is truly called a ministry is in it for fame or fortune, but to profit others and to serve. God will see to it that you don't get the swelled head. Amen. <laughs> he keeps enough trouble in your life so you don't get to carry it around. Uh-oh. So we have to be satisfied with what God is doing. Amen. He already has the plan for the earth. Our job is to find out how we fit into the plan because we fit in somewhere. Amen. You are the head, you're not the tail, but you're not in charge of everything. You know, we'll find that out. Amen? Jesus is the head of the church, and we all work for him. Amen? 
people oftentimes want to manipulate gifts and decide how they are to be used. Amen? So we have to be careful not to hurt the corn and the oil. Amen? And not to bruise the fruit of God. Amen? Not to take advantage of things. But allow God's system to manifest and and find out what your part is in it. And humbly accept and receive and play your part. And stay cool. Amen? Uh, Megan and Harry got it made, but the devil has deceived them into thinking there's something better for them someplace else. You got me? If your mother's a queen and you got enough nerve to leave that, huh? And she ain't that cute. I mean, she all right and everything. You understand? But she ain't that cute. Now, I'm going to leave grandma, much as she got, and then people over there love her. People have tried to embarrass her and take her down before, but she always manages to rise above. Amen. Somebody with that track record, you don't mess with. Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to know who we are, what we're here for. Give us clear understanding, Lord, of the mandate that you have on our lives. Help us to accept it, Lord, to relish in it, to honor it, and to love it, and to love you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. Are we going to do our quiz now? or Yeah, where they at? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank y'all. Yeah, we'll do our quiz. Oh, okay. That's good. Uh-huh. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Rach, why don't you come up and pass? You want to pass those out? Thank you. I appreciate it. Amen. Thank you, dear. Open book, no cheating, whatever that means. I just thought I'd say it. But you can look up answers and know. Never had anybody that flunked out. 